eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Post Game Show with Al and Jerry. Well, so many topics, so little time. Jerry and Al are back with you for another post-game podcast. This one's Tuesday, February something. I think it's the 17th now. And I lo- this topic's interesting, and I'm surprised, actually, Al, that we didn't get to this. This is the whole, uh, if you go back to, I, I guess it's 1996, the ALCS, Yankees-Orioles, the uh, you know the, the hit that was a home run that wasn't a home run, the Jeffrey Mayer uh, catch. He reaches over the, 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 the fence, and it's a home run, and then Roberto Calamar goes nuts, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't Roberto Alomar or somebody. Uh, you get the point, though. So that's going up for auction. The glove is. That the kid had. Yeah, that the kid had. Who, by the way, is not a kid anymore. I mean, that's now four and fifth. That's 19. My God, it's 19 years ago already. And he was 13 at the 12 so or 13. He's almost like Tom's age now. I think he something? still lives at home or no? Oh, wait, Tom is not, doesn't live at home no, anymore. No, 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 Tom's out. Tommy's out. Uh, no, I think at 32, he's probably out, I would think. Plus, he's got this glove to auction off, so he's going to make a lot of money. How much money do you think this thing gets? Uh, well, actually, I had read this story, and uh, Jeffrey Mayer, is that how you say his name? Mayer, yes. The kid uh, at the time? He, yes. He had already sold this glove. So the guy who has it up for auction now is not Jeffrey Mayer. It's somebody who had previously purchased it no from kidding. Jeffrey Mayer. Yeah, I did see that as a small detail. Um, and I guess the starting, the, the current bid on it, as of uh, last night or when I checked, it was at $13,000. It bothers huh. me when guys, unless you're desperate, desperate for money, that's a unique thing that you're part of baseball history. Why wouldn't that kid hang on to that I would glove think, as a man? I totally agree with you. Um, you would think that – think of how many images we have seen of that play. The video gets rerun over and over and over again. and always will when there's any sort of controversial home run. Man, put that in a case and just hold on. Now, that having been said, that's easy for me and you to say. We don't have anybody coming to us with $15,000 to just hand, out, hand over a glove – but I think I'm with you. My my first instinct would be I think you'd keep that for a long time. Yeah, I'm more of a sentimental guy. I like to hold on to things like that. But sure. there there are people that throw everything away. They don't they they don't think anything is savable or has memories. They just toss it. Well, here's the thing about that because we go through this at home all the time. And I I got into a mode last week 
where I was furious with the clutter and I just started throwing things out. It and feels my wife, good. It does feel good. And then my wife gets upset with me because I probably went a little too far and was throwing away everything. And I look at it this way. You got the memories. Like, isn't that what it's all about? I understand a couple of pictures here and there. There are no question you should save certain things. But then the one thing I do have that I can't bring myself to throw away, my aunt, God rest her soul, she died a couple of years ago, went to California for her, for her services. She knitted me a vest when I was 14. Yeah, you got to keep that. It but doesn't take up much room. You put it, it in the closet. You put it on the bottom of a pile. I have kept it, and then I look at it. I guess I'm going to keep it my whole life, I guess. Yes, that is so, something you're keeping your whole life. Even though it was now 30 years ago? Or yes. Whatever. All right, so you're, so there are things that you think are sentimental enough that it doesn't matter how much room they take. Yes. Or how little, as long as you, you think there's a reason to keep it, you would keep it. Yeah, although if you know, someone wanted to give you 25 grand for that uh, aunt sweater that she uh, knitted, maybe you think about it. <laughs> no one's gonna give me. <laughs> like I have, uh, I uh, my That's grandmother funny. passed away uh, a year ago, or maybe even two years ago now, and she had a, a Herman Munster doll that uh, we, we used to play with when we were kids mm. at her house. She had like you know when you go like maybe your kids, you go to your their grandparents' house, they have one or two toys that they keep there. Yeah, sure. So she had this Herman Munster doll where you would pull the string on Herman Munster and he would say stuff. Uh, so when she died and they, and everyone, uh, my parents, uh, cleaned out her apartment, uh, I said, yeah, I would like to keep that. I think it's that's great. the Herman Munster doll. By the way, it might be worth a lot too. You know what? I did look on eBay. It's worth a decent amount of money, but I would not, I would, I would feel that's the so wrong thing to do. it something to you. Yeah. Cause I, right now I'm not desperate for money. If I right. was desperate for money, maybe I would have like to sell the Herman Munster doll. Poor former players that end up selling championship rings because yes. they're broke, basically. Yes. Uh, one correction, my mistake, I apologize. I said whoever it was. Tony Tarasco was the outfielder, getting back to the Jeffrey Mayer thing. Uh, so Jeffrey Mayer doesn't have the glove, hasn't had the glove. The person who had the glove is selling the glove. It's gone on auction. Go get it. Alomar was uh, involved in the uh, Barton ball. Right. That's right, exactly. Another one. Jerry, the Westminster Dog Show is underway at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I brought this up with, uh, who was on the air this morning? Tony. It's always weird. I watch these, um, I, I sometimes will watch highlights of this dog show. Highlights. And when and when there's, they're making the dog stand up straight to be judged, they do something near the dog's butt to make the dog stand up straight always makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what they're doing exactly. Maybe they're just tapping the dog like this is the this is where we stand up straight. Yeah, right. But it just looks like it's a weird I'm, touch. I'm actually stunned you're surprised. I mean, if you remember uh, when we were out, what night was it? I think it was the Wednesday night, the week of the Super Bowl. Me and you posed for a picture, and I had my hand on your ass. That was so similar. It's like, get ready, straight. here's the photo. Yeah, your, and then you smile. Oh, right. <laughs> so it does serve a purpose. It does, no, I don't know what they're doing. I, some, it had, must have some sort of tingling sensation, or I guess that's all that training they go through, that when this hand hits here, you, I don't know. I mean, that, you know Paul Rosenberg. You interested in him? Because he's huge into this. He's the guy we should ask. He works here as a producer? Yeah, he's actually filled in for Tom many a time. Oh, right. Good that tape Paul. op, good dude. He, like that's a, a generic name, though, Paul he, Rosenberg. Yes, that could, could be, be Sid's cousin. Yeah. But it's not. So he's um, a, dog, a, a dog show guy. He was genuinely excited for the start of the dog show last night. And I guess he's been into it, and his family has been into it for a long time. So he really gets into this thing. I think he was going last night. He'll be there today. He's going to watch it. He's going to DVR it. A little weird if you ask me. I think these dogs are much like police dogs and dogs that work for the blind. They're working and all the other dogs around are not working. And there's no way, if you're a dog, there's no way you'd rather be a working police dog, dog for the blind, or in the dog show. 
you would rather be at home just being a dog. Yeah. Why? Well, you want to be Boomer's dog. Oh, I would love to be Boomer's dog. Dog lottery right there. Right? Nice yes. house. You're going to have all the food you want. Right. You're never going to be outside except to do your business. Here's what you want to be if you're a dog. You want to be someone who has money and no kids. Because if you don't have kids and the dog is your surrogate kid, that dog is the, gets the best food, the best pampering. They're getting fluffed uh, at the dog groomer, their nails cut. Nice. I've told you this story before. We have someone in our neighborhood that walks their dog in a carriage, a baby carriage. They push the dog around? Every day. And so they, the dog's just really getting out for air. Uh, pretty much. And the person actually talks to the dog as if it is a child. A little much for me, but if that's the way you want to go, God bless you, I guess. The tough part for a dog is this, and this happened to my uh, sister, Debbie, her dog. Uh, uh, Debbie's first few years of marriage, they had no kids. They had a dog. Then the then twins came along. Yeah, move aside. Uh, yeah, step aside, dog. It is. It's tough. Like when we first had, and you had, you did the hashtag free jewel at one point on me. Your cat. Um, my cat. Before we had our boys, the cat was was not like our child by any stretch. But, but after, got all the attention. Yeah, after dinner, we had a routine. We would play ball in the house with the with the cat. We'd throw the, they would come bring the ball back. We'd throw it into the tree. You know, my wife had like one of these plastic trees in the corner of the room. They would climb up the tree, bring the bows, fun. And then Matthew came along. You know, we're not playing ball anymore. Right. And so it's kind of it's kind of Scram cat. Yeah, scram cat. Speaking of scramming, how about Doug Baldwin? I don't know really what that has to do with scramming. That's just called a segue. And so in the Super Bowl, you remember he, um, he popped a... a a squad, if you will, after he caught a touchdown pass. His and, celebration, yeah. Yeah, and there was a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct, and everybody wondered, you know, what was he doing? Who was he kind of dissing, if you will? What well, he went on Cairo, K-I-R-O, out in Seattle yesterday, and he actually explained the whole thing. And it was absolutely geared towards Darrell Revis. And he says it was for Revis, and it wasn't a disrespect thing to Revis the way it looked. It was more, as he put it, it was, it took so much energy out of him to get ready for that game. He got so little opportunity, whereas Russell Wilson wasn't throwing his way, that when he got the opportunity and cashed in on the almighty Revis, it was kind of like, I just bleeped all over you. A little weak of an answer, if you ask me. He apologized to the 12th man uh, for the way it looked, but he really tried very hard to make it sound as if he had a ton of respect for Darrell Revis, you know, without, of course, trying to poop all over him. Right. Yeah, the, the apology comes a little late. It's no. worth almost three weeks away. I forgot he did it, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, when you yeah, play you can't... flag football, have you ever done a celebration such as that? I had a bad time my last time playing flag football. I threw a pick six to a woman, <laughs> and another time a ball hit me in the head. So I, I, I've not been in an area where and I could have been celebrating. Those are lost tapes, aren't they? Lost tapes. MSG Jer- had those. Jerry, something that really fired you up this morning, because I noticed when you're on Twitter before 5 a.m., you're fired up. Hmm. You're upset that this Chuck Knobloch... Uh, on his own Twitter, called out Andy Pettit for his HGH use? I'm upset for a couple of reasons. One, the fact that people like us, whether it's ESPN, whether it's us, A, even pay any attention to it and do segments on it. The fact that we're doing this now is bothersome to me from this standpoint. Everybody's allowed to have their own opinion, but I don't think everybody's opinion should matter. And in this case, this is a guy whose opinion should not matter. I don't know Chuck Knobloch. I've never known Chuck Knobloch. And I wouldn't know him if he walked in this room, quite frankly. That having been said, here's what I do know about Chuck Knobloch. He was arrested in 2010 for beating up his girlfriend, and he was arrested in 2014 for assaulting his wife. Not a good guy. 
you you get arrested once, fine. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you've learned you don't do it again. You do it twice, you're done. Thirdly, he's on the radio last year with Joe and Evan talking about how HGH and steroids don't mean anything. So how in the hell can you have that stance be that type of jackass off the field and then be issued or at least warranted respect and a response when really you have zero credibility. Yeah, it bothers me. The other thing bothers me, too, is when people lump pet it into steroid users. HGH is not steroids. It's not even close. And then we talk about PEDs, blew up the game, blah, 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 blah. We'll go back into the amphetamine discussion, which has been going on since the 1950s. But that's okay. The whole discussion is stupid. And apparently we all, we're all a bunch of hypocrites. Somewhere we all get to decide where the line is drawn, what's acceptable and what's not. And quite frankly, it's all the same crap. Make any sense? It does make sense. And does not block the guy that couldn't throw. Yes, and he couldn't throw the ball from second base to first base. I thought that was Steve Sachs. No, it was Chuck Knobloch. It was Chuck Knobloch. Uh, Sachs might have had the same issue, too, but Knobloch had that issue that's in weird. his latter years with the Yankees. Because that's the position I pick for softball, because that's like the easiest throw. You know he, what? There he, are a lot of people, though, that'll, that'll tell you that soft, and I'm making fun of you or anything, because I can't do it either, that will tell you the easiest thing to do is playing arc ball softball for a pitcher. Just throw the ball to, to the catcher. Yeah, I couldn't do that. If you start thinking about anything, it becomes difficult to do, and clearly that got in his head. But, yeah, that's him. So I, the whole thing, there are not many topics that actually really upset me because I, I can take or leave a lot. But this whole notion that the guys of the late 90s and the early 2000s are the worst human beings in all of sports and civilization is such a bunch of crap. And then when you've got former baseball stars that are in the Hall of Fame that were popping greenies because they were out drunk all night the night before, couldn't have performed to save their life if it weren't for these drugs, and they got on their mountaintop and they're yelling at these guys, shut up, I, oh, it drives me nuts. Yes, you, you've gotten, you've hit a nerve. Fired up. I am fired up. I just, whatever. Uh, Jerry, here's something that's out of this world. Um, there's a uh, reality show where they're trying to find people that are willing to go to Mars on a one-way ticket. And this is going to be a reality show for, um, I don't know, God knows what channel this is going to be on, but it's called the Mars One Project. They're looking for 24 people that are willing to go to Mars in 2024 to set up civilization there. It's a one-way ticket. We don't know if you're coming back. Uh, Can we sign up Eddie? He might be into that. I think there are people that want to leave a, a, some sort of large legacy, and this would be one of them if you were one of the people. I mean, come on. I understand. Are we getting a little carried away, though? I mean, seriously. Are we, a one-way ticket to Mars? Yes. There's n- To set up, up civilization. There's but no imagine oxygen. you'll be in history books, Jerry. You are one of the 24 people that went to Mars to set up civilization, housing, roads, transportation. Public. I mean, I guess you could rename the planet then after the person who first settled it, right? I mean, why not? What the hell? Well, we are all, all very happy with Mars, I think. Uh, let me tell you something. If I'm going to Mars in a one-way ticket and I'm setting up shop there, I want it called Reco. Are you a uh, UFO kind of guy? No, I'm not at all. Not I, at I, all. I, don't, I do not believe that. You don't no. buy into that. I don't. Until I see proof, and maybe if I ever got to Area 51, maybe. But I'll, And I'll give you an example. So Eddie turned me on to driving in. I'd listen to a lot of different things driving into this into this station. I'll listen to Tony Page, Mark Melusa's, JJ After Dark. Uh, I'll listen to 770. I'll listen to different stations. Um, You're a radio guy, Jerry. I am uh, to a point, yes. And he turned me on to this one guy who believes in all this stuff. And so occasionally I'll put it on. And the notion that, you know, 
There's actually Martians living amongst us. I mean, where's Will Smith? I mean, what are we doing? Seriously, I, I don't believe in it. Maybe it's true. Maybe I'll get abducted one day and I'll my family will be all very disappointed. I don't see it. So there's no one in your family that could come to you and say, listen, Jerry, I was visited by aliens that you would believe. I would take him to a doctor. So if, if your wife came home and she said, my way home from work last night, pretty sure I saw a UFO. I would take her to, first of all, I would check to make sure she was drinking. And then second, I'd ask her to go to a doctor for some psychiatric evaluation. I don't believe that. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't believe, like, you know, in the Will Smith movie, where Men in Black, that you're going to be driving down the road. You're going to see a cow. You're going to stop to say hello to the cow. And it's going to turn into a big monster, and it's going to gobble you up. I don't. I mean, come on. Explain this, then. Why are all of our alien pictures the same? Like, we all, if I told you to draw an alien right now, you'd draw the alien everybody thinks they've seen. The big head, the gigantic eyes, green. I don't do this often, but I'll quote a song. Space may be the final frontier, but it's made in a Hollywood basement, right? Landing on the moon? Well, so is aliens. Someone just created what the hell an alien looks like 100 years ago, and we've kind of went with it. I mean, how do we know an alien looks like, you know, the Martian from Fred Flintstone? Which is basically what we're talking about, essentially. How, what if an alien is actually televisions? What if they're all watching us? These are aliens, Al. One day, that TV, Michael Jordan's going to come out of that screen, and he's going to eat you. He's going to eat your face. See, I should be taking you to a doctor. That's what you would do no, to someone. No. <laughs> I don't believe that. I'm just saying, how do we know what an alien is if we've never seen an alien? And Jerry, finally. We're done with that? Yeah. We're running out of time. I think we got to extend this to a half hour. Uh, that's uh, that I don't have time for. I'm very busy. I got to get Seinfeld home. bothering you. Yeah, I talk to Jerry all the time. <laughs> um, uh, remember when Amazon said they were going to have drones? So I do. Uh, you order something off Amazon and a, a small drone delivers it immediately to your yeah, house? Yeah, I remember Craig doing that story. Yeah, yeah well, it looks like that's not going to happen now because the FAA doesn't want thousands of drones <laughs> flying around the country. By the way, the whole idea was stupid at the start. I love the idea of it, that I order something from Amazon, then I wait by my door for a, a, a remote-controlled drone to drop me off, you know, my TurboTax that I couldn't possibly <laughs> wait one day delivery for. Have we gotten to a point where we are so damn... What's the word? Uh, we, we need immediate oh gratification. God, no patience. No patience. I mean, you're right. I bought Craig a birthday gift last week, and he was sincerely annoyed that it took five days of yeah, ground shipping. That was a long time. I mean, come on. So you, oh my God. So you actually really wish these planes would drop stuff off, stuff off in front yeah, of your door. But I also agree. You can't have drones, you know, remote controlled no. drones flying all over the country because no. it's enough. We, we're our our jet airliners are already hitting ducks and crows and other birds. They'd be hitting drones. Then that's no good for anybody. That's a good point. I, and you have to put like a GoPro on them because GoPro, how would yeah. you know if the thing actually ever gets there? If you order something, doesn't show up. You got no proof. The company would be like, it was delivered. No, and, it wasn't. And people would try to steal the drones. Like I would try of to like, they would. steal the drone. And, Why uh, wouldn't you? Or my neighbor would grab my drone when it dropped my package off. What a collection of stories today. That's, uh, we're out of time, Jerry. Thankfully. It's the Boomer and Carton post-game show. With the real stars of the show, Al and Jerry. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.